Welcome back to another episode of the Holtcast. Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintot. As always, for 7500holt.com, bringing you the latest in Aston Villa news. How's it going, Robert? It's going wonderfully. I just spent the past two hours reading James tweeting from the FBAs. Yeah, if I hope you were following along with the account this this afternoon or this evening, I guess, Thursday evening, um, if you're listening or watching this in the future, obviously. Um, but James Rushton represented us at the Football Blog Awards. We were nominated for Best Club Blog. And although we didn't win, we got something much, much better out of it, Robert. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen it, go to the website. I storified the whole thing. Long story short, James got, uh, went to a racist, fascist barber and started lying to the man. And also <laughs> told him about some kid named Jake. Yeah, um, could have had his throat slit, really, if he, <laughs> if he might have said the wrong thing. That was what his, his concern was. But I didn't know James had that in him. He just turned into a compulsive liar just out of nowhere for basically no reason. <laughs> and and he picked some random ass address somewhere and it turns out to have been in the same building that this guy lived in and had to tell him about his friend Jake. Yeah, and then he then he told him he was working at the BBC <laughs> on a uh on a documentary because it's it so happened the guy had told him he liked documentaries. <laughs> working on a documentary on Boko Haram, so yeah, go read that on the site. It was a joy. Um, and our congratulations should go out to the blog that beat us in the FBAs, another SB Nation blog, Barca Blaugranes. Blaugranes? Yeah. Yeah, Blaugranes. There we go. Yeah, red blues. Yeah, there we go. Blue red. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they they run an absolutely excellent blog over there covering, obviously, Barcelona. They do a fantastic job, and it's well-deserved. So our most sincere congratulations to them. Um yeah, so that was nice. And at least we didn't get beaten by the Birmingham City blog that was in the mix. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's, that's always nice. And it looks like James had a, had a few drinks. <laughs> so it looks like it was, a, it was a fun evening out for him and his girlfriend. James, James sent us a picture of a table full of empty drinks, after which point the FBA's announcer said, we're taking a break to get drinks in the middle of the show, so... Yeah, and then, then they tweeted, we're going on a drinks break, and you responded, well, from our man there, it looks like the whole evening has been a massive drinks break. <laughs> and it seems to have been for everyone, so uh, good work, FBAs. Uh, yeah, and and thanks, thanks to everyone, of course, who voted for us. We really appreciate it. Even if we didn't win, it was really great to actually see everyone voting and see the support. That was greatly appreciated. Yeah, getting, even getting a nomination is good enough. I mean, more than good enough for, for all of us at 7500, so we want to thank you guys for that. Thanks for listening, reading the site, as always. And now that the international break is over, we hope you enjoyed our Dead Week content. Took a little time off from Villa, as Villa had taken a little time off from the Premier League. So, got some interesting posts up there. Had a couple guest writers. It was nice to yeah. have those guys on. It was a joy. I think all of us were tired of writing about Villa, although this was planned before Tim Sherwood was sacked. So with Remy Garden, I think all of us got a recharge already, but now we should be back with full batteries and ready to go. Yeah, and, and hopefully Villa are as well. So, I mean, then we're going to be without Jordan Amavi. That's, that's the big news that happened over the international break. Doesn't it seem like every international break we get some sort of stupid injury? Yeah, and we, we always talk about how much the international break sucks, how much we hate it, blah, blah, blah. Usually it's not a season-ending injury to 
your star left back who looks like he was he was really going to blossom under guard, I thought, and so did tons of other people. Yeah, absolutely. If you listen to Aston Villa Review, and if you don't, start. But if you listen to Aston Villa Review, they recorded, I think last week, just like a day or two before Amavi injured himself, and I happened to listen to it the day after he injured himself, and they couldn't stop talking about, you know, he had some troubles against Manchester City, but he looked better. They couldn't stop talking about him and how he might grow, and it was really painful to listen to that talk after after the injury happened. Yeah, especially a French guy under French boss, you know, he I mean, it seems like almost half our team's French, but... Yeah, absolutely. You know. So it's, it's, it's a real blow, especially given the fact that the, uh, the most likely replacement for Amavi is Kieran Richardson, um, because loan recalls are not an option at this point until at least January. Yeah, just, just because of squad registration stuff. We did have a, a Twitter question about that, and it's, it's probably going to be Kieran Richardson unless Louis Kinsella um, is preferred by Remy Gard, which... I mean, it, it seems unlikely, but he could get a shot. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 unorthodox options. The straightforward option seems to be Kieran Richardson. Uh, Louis Kinsella makes some sense in a straightforward manner, and after that, you're looking at things like um, maybe Jose Angel Crespo, or or maybe, and I highly doubt this, but maybe Thiago Elori, who apparently can play the entire back line. Um, although yeah, it's but he's not as strong. He's out in the wilderness. We haven't seen him all year. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the the only reason I even consider that a possibility is the fact that we've got a brand new manager. So it's not the person who had him in the wilderness all year. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a valid point. Um, other than that, outside of that, you know, in terms of injury coverage, maybe a Kieran Clark, uh, if Richardson is on and goes off injured, maybe something along the lines of either Hutton or Bakuna at left back and then the other one at right back, which is sort of horrifying uh, to put either of them at left back. But I could see that happening. Yeah, I, uh, I was the other day asked by someone about if, if we could go with Richards there, and I thought, well, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know how good his left foot is, and one of his best qualities is going forward. Obviously, and I mean, if if you're going to have him bombing on the left wing and he can't even put in the ball, there's yeah, exactly. not really too much of a point to that. Yeah, his 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 quality going forward is not the kind of going forward quality you'd want from someone out on the left wing. So it's it's not a help there. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think of what happens because obviously you can't keep all of the backups possible on the bench. What if? You know, we go with Kieran Richardson, which is the smart thing, and someone gets injured. Who do you put in there? Is it an Idrisagana? Is it a Scott Sinclair? Because he can play left wing, so maybe... I mean, th- that option sucks, but is that what you have to do in the middle of a match, maybe? Yeah, it's it's definitely something that guard's hand could be forced into doing. I'd, I mean, I'd prefer to see someone like Sanchez even just shifted over and as a limited defender, someone who's not going to be going forward. Agreed. Absolutely. Someone who, just someone who you know can can stop a guy. Yeah, I I would totally agree. You know, maybe a maybe a Sanchez, maybe a Westwood. I don't know. Um, the, it, it really puts into a glaring perspective how thin Villa are at the left back position. Yeah, and I mean it. It was a position of really considerable depth, especially starting the year. Obviously, that's why Joe Bennett and Ali Sissoko were loaned out. So we're just going to have to wait till January. Uh, Sissoko played under guard at Lyon, and so maybe maybe gives him a call back from Porto. Uh, maybe it's Joe Bennett coming back from Bournemouth, but we're just yeah. going to have to wait and see. And it's going to be Richardson for the time being, as unfortunate as that is. 
Yeah. So the other alternative... Really I just an unlucky injury. The other alternative comes from uh, in the form of something else that someone asked us on Twitter. Do we go to three at the back and just sort of forsake the idea of a left back? Um, although if you do a three at the back, you're usually going to have someone in sort of like a wing back role. But do you think that's a possibility under guard? Yeah, I think so, and especially because we've seen Richardson used as a wide midfielder, and so just starting him off deployed a little bit higher up the pitch, it's not the worst idea. It, it comes down to if guard is comfortable with the three central defenders if they're working well as a unit, and then, the, of course, that's probably going to mean two defensive midfielders, and so maybe that means you go with Sanchez and Westwood or Ghana and... Too. Yeah. Yeah, Vera too. I mean, I was I was just thinking Vera too, maybe a little higher, a little higher yeah. up the pitch. But it's it's a really um, interesting yeah. question. It's my problem with the idea of three at the back right now is I've only got two center backs that I would trust in Richards and Clark. Yeah, Yorosakura not back to full fitness yet. If he were, I would be a lot more comfortable with going three at the back, and I would think that's that's actually a, a pretty decent plan. Yeah, absolutely. But at this point, I don't trust Lescott. I certainly don't trust Crespo. Um, I'm not sure what it says about Crespo that I would rather see Lescott on. Yeah, it almost makes you wish we didn't loan out Nathan Baker. Yeah, it does. He'd be a heck of a lot better than, uh, than, you know, Lescott and Crespo right now. Um, But he wouldn't be getting regular time. I think in the long run, that's a smart play. Exactly, exactly. Same goes for Joe Bennett and even Sissoko. It's, you need to get those wages off, and in the case of Bennett and Baker, you need to see them get playing time. So you made the right decision at the time. It's just unlucky that Amavi got hurt like he did. Yep. I do think in hindsight, and again, I think you know Sissoko and Bennett going off on loan was not something we criticized at the time, um, nor is this an issue that we really foresaw. So I'm not going full in on this was stupid, but in hindsight – I think keeping Sissoko would have been the better option because he doesn't have anything really left to prove. He doesn't need that extra playing time to mature. He could have been injury coverage. Yeah, and I mean, I would have rather kept Sissoko and dumped Richardson, but maybe they knew they weren't going to be able to, to flog Richardson off somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, you know, in, in hindsight, it was horrible decision-making. At the time... It was probably also horrible decision-making, but at least for my part, I didn't see it at the time. Um, I didn't know no. about anyone else. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no way, no way to know. I guess while we're still talking about the, the defense, I saw something today on Twitter that Hutton was voted as the best British right back. By but whom? I, I don't know. It was just something that came up. <laughs> I mean, he's was, been, he's been having a much morning. better year. At this point, I don't think of Alan Hutton as a liability, and I think of him almost as an asset, I think, at this point. Yes, especially with a, a back four. Maybe if you go with those wing backs, three center backs, you, you'd rather see Bakuna out in that wing. But I, Yeah, I, maybe. I, I, you know, the thing is, and I, I feel like I'm stealing again from Villa Review here, but as they pointed out, yeah, he loses possession a lot, and people get really angry about him over that. He almost never loses possession in a really dangerous area. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He's It's uh, better better than, I don't know, someone like Amavi, who had struggles early in the season. Partially it was because of the situations he was put in by Brad Guzan. Yeah. Absolutely. like uh, Specifically against Crystal Palace. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I didn't. I, I 
God, he can't possibly be the best right back from Britain right now, can he? No. <laughs> like, that just doesn't even begin to mentally compute. No. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, I don't, I don't know where, where that came from, but. I, I, I can't, I, I'm just struggling to come up with a better alternative, but I'd be happy to say that if all of the right backs from Britain were dead, I still would have trouble calling him the best right back from Britain. Like I again, I think he's become good this year. I I think he's useful. God, he's not the best at anything. No, no. Well, if you if you need if you need a hitman, <laughs> yeah, he works for that. Um, you know, it's it's. I guess yeah, here it's it's. Oh, you found it. Go I, I found the article. It's according to. It's on this website named Scotsman. According to Le Quip, the French news outlet. Mm-hmm. And he was in the, in the Great Britain 11. So it was Wayne Rooney at, at center forward, Bale right wing, Sterling left wing. Okay, okay. And then you look, it's Joe Hart in goal. And you go up, and it's, it's Alan Hutton at right back. When was this published? Um, yesterday, Wednesday. <laughs> Wayne Rooney was the starting forward? Yeah. This whole thing is pants on head crazy. I know, I'm, I'm tweeting it right now just so, that, so there's proof if, if you, <laughs> you want to go look it up. I, I wasn't just making it up, it was something that I actually saw. So, um, That's, yeah. Wow. Um, huh. Anyways, the... The other thing I wanted to talk about from the international break was Jordan Ayew. He scored another goal for Ghana and another pretty good goal. Yeah, absolutely. He um, looking very good. Absolutely phenomenal first touch on that goal he scored over the break. Yeah, just just put it in a spot. Only he was going to get to it, slammed at home. Yeah, and on absolutely atrocious pitch conditions too. Yeah, and I mean he's he's been looking a lot better at Villa now that he's gotten a chance again, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's going to develop into something really special. Um, his first touch, it even looked good against Manchester City. He He's playing with more confidence. He's not stuck and trapped out on that wing there, and it's really benefiting him a lot. Yeah, let's let's get into that City match. It was, it was always going to be a tough match for him as the lone striker. You know, he's going to have to do a lot of the work for himself, just frankly because Villa had to focus on defense first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And he did the work we needed. Villa didn't have a great final product on on that match day, but it's tough to blame them. You know, City were but having City, some troubles. They're the league leaders. Manchester City are a really good team. Yeah, absolutely. They were having some troubles uh, on that day, but their defense was not amongst those troubles. Their defense was absolutely totally locked down from the first whistle throughout that match. Yeah, and actually a chance chance did come up from that corner and that I mean I think that was, that was amazing Rudy just did. One of the greatest uh corner sequences ever. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's we'll get to that in a second. Let's 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 hold off on that. I think we can close our city talk with that cuz I think that was a joy to talk about. But that first half um I don't think you can say Villa looked like the better team, but Villa looked like an equal team. Would you buy that? Yeah, I mean, they, they showed that they deserve to be out there, that they 
still are a Premier League team, at least for the time being, and they looked up for it. They were, I mean, at Villa Park at home, full stadium had the backing of the fans, and yeah. really came out came out and played pretty well. I thought. Yeah, I'd argue that uh, that half from Villa was the best half we've seen all year, despite the fact that we didn't get a lead or anything like that. I think it was the best we've seen them this year. Yeah, and obviously it was technically equal to the second half since no goals scored, no goals conceded in either. But uh, really, I mean, compared to the end of the second half when Villa were just hanging on for their lives, they they looked a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. And even when they were hanging on for their lives, I mean, there was a fair amount of luck involved there. The fact that that Fabian Delft shot went just wide um, was hugely helpful. Um, the fact that Raheem Sterling managed to put it right onto Brad Guzan's face was pretty helpful. Yeah, and then De Bruyne not being able to um, finish score, score from two yeah. feet away. Yeah. Um, that said, Villain, they looked... Like, they had their backs to the wall. They never looked panicked. They didn't look disorganized, I didn't think. No, it, it didn't look like they thought the house was on fire and were scrambling, you know. No, I mean, because like, you would expect like, something like, like what that. we saw under Sherwood at the end of specifically the Leicester game. Yeah, or, or maybe like Tottenham looked in that 10-minute span that Villa had against them a couple weeks ago. Um, you never saw yeah, that, yeah, that just panic. Thinking... Yeah, I think Guard has instilled maybe some more composure into the squad. I think players probably have a little more confidence now, especially after after the result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, for heaven's sakes, even Charles and Zogbia came on and managed to put in a decent cross and looked composed and calm throughout the match, which, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting that Zogbia did come on. We didn't see... Jack Grealish, who was on the bench, stayed on the bench the whole match. But uh, and Zogbia came on, and if he comes back into the squad and has a chance to to win a place as long as he's performing okay, I have no problem with it. Yeah, absolutely. Pick the best players. I, I really don't yeah. care who they are. I'm willing to throw away my past prejudices. I'm willing to go ahead and say that I was wrong if I was wrong. So please, just play well. That's all I care about. Yeah, exactly, and that's I think that's really what's important is just hopefully a fresh start under the new manager, just hopefully that it's not too late. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned that Justed throw-in. Take us through that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's something that happens if Villa aren't where they are in the table. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. So, you know, Charles and Dogby get injured. And play continues, so finally uh, City kick it out. Um, and then, you know, as is traditional at that point, if the opposition kicks it out uh, to help one of your injured players, you give the opposition back the ball. And Justed comes in for the throw, and, and very, very clearly motions to Joe Hart to get the heck out of the way because he's going to throw it out for a goal kick. Yeah, and what just, is your- just throw it over the end line for a goal kick. There's, I mean, I don't really think there's anything unsportsmanlike about that. No, absolutely not. Not a a show of poor sportsmanship. They're still getting the ball back. And in fact, I mean, you know, on the one hand, the reason Hart wanted it was because Villa were sort of out of position and they had a man out of position from the throw-in. So he has sort of... Defeats the point of having good sportsmanship, you know, and... Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
And so on that regard, you know, City obviously wanted it there. But if you get a goal kick, you get to place it exactly where you want. You get to place your, you know, you know what I mean. You you can run up to it. You can have a prepared kick. You can be ready. You can have your players where you want them. There's nothing not to like. Well, so Justed throws it in as hard as he can, notices that Hart is going for it, so he charges after him, and Hart pulls a goose in and just lets it go out of bounds. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say Hart's not the best goalkeeper with his feet. He's not exactly – like Manuel Neuer out there, but yeah, absolutely. And and then even after you know, Justet had made it really clear, I'm throwing it out. And then all Hart had to do was control the ball at his feet because he's a freaking Premier League player. Uh, and then City's players got up in arms and started getting in the face of the Villa players. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was a huge situation. It was a corner for Villa late in the match, still obviously scoreless. And then Justet almost scores from it. I mean, that that could have been amazing had Justet actually scored on that. That would have been absolutely absurd if he had pissed off everyone and then scored because of it. Oh my, I, I'm not sure we would have heard the end of it. Uh, yeah, probably they'd still be talking about it. And I think he would almost instantly become a Villa legend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wouldn't have a bad word for him for at least a week at that point. Yeah, but I mean, even even so, even with a draw, it was still a huge point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it. there's times when I look at it and I kind of go back and forth and I go, ugh, only a point. But then again, we expected zero. This, this was absolutely a zero-pointer all the way from the day the schedule came out. And we got a point from this. And it doesn't seem like much because we're so far behind. But it's a first step, and it builds confidence, and it's exactly what this team needed. Yeah, it stopped a run of, what, seven straight league losses? Yeah, and, and I mean, the win would have been great. The win would have been lovely. Um, and the fact that that win was almost there because of Justed's header would have been cool, but whatever. We got a point. We got a point from a match we were supposed to get drubbed in. Yeah, and didn't sink the goal difference any further than the current minus 10 that it's at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first clean sheet since day one. First point since August. I mean, that's... I'll take that every single... I mean, well, not every single day. We need more than a point every day. But uh, I'll take that against Manchester against City like every that, time. Thinking, yeah. Because yeah. remember, the last time we played Manchester City, Brad Guzan kicked the ball directly to his right and gave up an empty net goal. Yeah, and that that actually was much more of a winnable game. Villa were in good form, playing well, and showed a good attacking intent and still almost came back for the point. But that just shows you, under Sherwood, there's no way that Villa get a point out of this match. No, I totally agree. They look, they would end up looking disorganized. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Guzan's performance there? The, the, the gentleman over at Villa Review thought he had a pretty fine match. I I was not that impressed with him. I mean, he, he did enough to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's, that's fair. Um, you know, had a, had a huge, huge save, but... The goal he saved with his face is unquestionably you have to be in the right spot. But I mean, it was a matter of Sterling just happening to put it right at his face. Uh, the thing that really shocked me was not his saves and whatnot, because we know those are he's capable of those. It was still his distribution. His very first goal kick under Remy Gard, he sent it out of bounds, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, and his distribution, obviously, still leaves a lot to be desired. And like you mentioned, his, his shot-stopping ability, that's never been a question. 
Mm-hmm. And but going forward, I think if we buy a goalkeeper in January, I'd be pretty happy. Not necessarily because you just need to replace Guzan, because you need to challenge him. You need to have someone who could legitimately replace you. Mark Bunn is not that guy. He's the guy that, oh, if a really bad injury happens, okay, well, at least we have someone who is trained as a goalkeeper. Instead of putting Gabby Agbongahor in the goal? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he loves the most. Stick him in goal. <laughs> Well, no ball that he ever touches manages to find the back of the net. So if he can just get a hand on it, we're safe. <laughs> oh my god, that's a <laughs> it's good point. flawless logic. Yeah. But uh, I, so I, you know, I don't know. I I really think that keeper is still, if not our number one priority, at least in our top two priorities come January. Yeah, and another one that's that's been mentioned as another striking option: Charlie Austin linked. With Villa, eight million pounds would be the reported fee. It'd be free in the summer, but of course, if you're relegated, it does you no good. So, yeah. I, I mean, eight million is perfectly acceptable to ban for a player like that. Yeah, we were going to be happy with fifteen million over the summer. Half a season for half of that seems perfectly fair to me. Exactly. Um, yeah, I would have no problem with eight million for Charlie Austin. Um, I'm still really holding out hope that now that we've got someone new, maybe Lieber Kozak gets a chance, and maybe he becomes that person who can be a target man um, alongside Ayu. Yeah, and someone who can use his feet. Yeah, absolutely. He's not as skilled uh, with his head as is Justed, but as we've seen this year, Villa aren't that good at getting the ball to Justed's head. And so especially if- without Amavi who is mm-hmm. uh, probably the best crosser in the squad. D- did Amavi have two assists to Shisted this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, without that, I'm not sure what value Shisted really has, um, other than wonderful throw-ins. I mean, you, you, th- you like to have him on the bench as a guy you throw on at, at the end. Yep, yep, exactly. I, I, he's not your starter. Yeah. And, and nor should he be. Yeah, and it's it's good that Ayu is starting to look like he's going to come good. He's really, like we were saying earlier, improved from what we saw earlier in the year when he wasn't getting that much of a run out. He was getting time on the wing, not a chance to play centrally. But it, it's good that he's going to be the guy and that at least um, you know one of the summer signings is performing well. Yeah, absolutely. And Ghana still seems to be performing well. Um, yeah, it's just he, he just hasn't been able to, I don't know, stay knock-free or injury-free. He wasn't even in the squad against City. Yeah, uh, Veratu, um had a nice sort of coming out there. He had a rough first 15 or 20 minutes. Um, yeah, but he, did, he didn't get a chance under Sherwood. I, I definitely still maintain hope for Jordan Veratu, but and I think he's going to get more of a run under guard now. Yeah, uh, speaking of guard, do you think we see anything from Gardner? Mm, I don't know. He he should be recovering from that injury. It was I think last I'd seen he was going to be ready uh, middle of this month, but I haven't, I haven't looked for a couple weeks. Yeah, um, he might be someone. The thing is, you know, even in I don't know. I think at this point he's probably number five. I mean, he got a good run as the punchline for about half your jokes on the <laughs> post. <laughs> Once I realized I could use that little formula, boom, I had all my jokes written. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's... 
I don't know. I think he's probably the fifth choice in midfield if he's healthy. Um, and Ghana did get a run out against uh, City. He was in that lineup. It was him oh, and Vertu and Sanchez. Spurs. I'm sorry, you didn't make the yeah. trip to Spurs. No, I'll, yeah, I just I, I just checked. I didn't want people getting angry at us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, against Spurs. Sorry, I'm not lying on purpose. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> come, come on, mate. Um, what about this weekend's trip to Everton? Do Villa have a chance of getting anything out of this? Do you think? You have you have to think so, and I mean it's it's coming off the international break, so any momentum that was gained by the team in in that good performance against City is probably lost. But that being said, not everyone went away on the international break and actually got to spend a lot more time under guard, specifically players like Carlos Heel, who I think having having the manager watch him in training for a couple of weeks that should be enough to cement him into the squad. Boy, he looked great against City. Yeah. he's. It, there was that one, uh, I think it was in the first, it might have been in the second half, there was one moment where he got a ball and just blew right past one of City's either you know, defensive mids or defenders, and then he had two people to beat, and it was he needed to either be a little bit faster or a little bit stronger. Um, if he had been stronger, he could have muscled his way through. If he had been faster, he could have just run around them. But he was so close to having a brilliant 50-yard one-on-one opportunity with the keeper. Um, and, yeah. and and there was nothing to fault him for. He put everything into it, and it was just beyond his ability. But it was a brilliant moment, and it, it was a nice little showing there. And I think he should, at this point, he's locked himself into first-team selection, I think. Yeah, I, I've got to agree. And, I mean, it's it's good to see things like this, obviously. It's, it's just kind of a sign of life from this Villa team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it seems dour, but we're, what, five points off of the relegation spot? Is that what we're – yeah, five points right now. Yeah, five, it seems five, like a whole hell five. of a lot because that's double our total. But, you know, if you just fast-forward a few games, thinking of changing someone's position by five points at the end of the season is, you know, that's barely anything. So five points is pretty easy to pick up. It's something that's definitely doable. And like you said, seeing the signs of life is really encouraging. Yeah, and just, I mean, I, th- I think, like we're saying, Gil or Hill has just absolutely has to be in that team because he's, he's really the best creative outlet available. Yep, yep absolutely. And um, if you, I mean, it's still still interesting to, to see the Adama situation, especially if he does have that big contract, if he's going to get those appearances, but he hasn't, he hasn't really gotten too much of a run out either. I and do it, sort it of wonder, to, I if think... he, does he actually have that contract, or was that Ch- Tim Sherwood just spreading shit? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to know, but regardless, I think you, you've got to prefer Sinclair to him. Sinclair has that experience of playing in, I don't know, in matches like this, like like the when Swansea came up in the championship, those kind of matches are really important to the club's future if it's going to be a relegation yeah. battle for Villa. You know, you got to have you got to have that leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if it's not a relegation battle for Villa, Remy Gard should be up for manager of the year. Oh, undoubtedly, just because when he—I mean, you could even still say that Villa are sunk, and I mean, it's early, but you're not wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, if but if we get to the point, if Villa have somehow managed to secure safety by April, Remy Gard should be, you know, given every plot at possible. Um, it's it's tough to see what exactly is going to happen based on one match. I'm pretty encouraged, but, um, you know, this is still a tough task. You're absolutely right. You could say we're sunk right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of just guilty until proven innocent almost just because you're in such a bad position. But really, that that I mean, that's... That's how it is. Yeah, um, absolutely. Who on Everton puts the most fear into you? It's got to be Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku is a fantastic striker. He's what seven goals and four assists, I think, in twelve games this year in in the league, and still only twenty-two and physical specimen, but great touch as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he he horrifies but, but, me. I mean, it, yeah. Sorry, but I mean they also have they have a good midfield. Ross Barkley, good attacking talent, and Kevin Morales, um, uh, Jared Delafeu, um, he's another good winger. Really, they, they're not short of options and solid solid defensively with John Stones. But I mean Tim Howard. <laughs> lately, Tim Howard past couple of years, there's a chance that he could make a mistake just as bad as Guzan. Yeah, uh, I would agree. It's, you know, the U.S. goalkeeping situation has not been great lately. Um, Bill Hamid. Remember who's uh, coming back from injury, though. We might get to see the return of Tom Cleverley. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be interesting. Two matches see, in a row in which Villa have to play against someone who sort of snubbed them over the summer. Yeah, who kind of, I mean, who kind of also saved them last year, though, you know, like, is it, I think it was a really bad situation the way that cleverly left, even worse than Delph, just because we should have been like you had to know Delph was leaving. He didn't have a new contract in January and it was expiring in the summer. Cleverly, his loan deal was going to expire. We weren't going to pay Manchester United a truckload of cash. And it, I mean, he seemed to fit in well at Villa, but apparently just took the, used us as a stepping stone and went to Everton. Yeah. And, you know, fair play to him. Although, all of the interviews and everything he said afterwards did leave sort of a sour taste in my mouth. It seemed like he was leaving us for no reason in particular. And I honestly don't think Everton are that much of a step up from Villa at this point. I mean, you can, they've a little bit better of a squad. They're obviously in a much better league position, but they're not going to offer very much more cash. They're maybe going to get to the Europa League, maybe. But they're definitely not going to get to the Champions League. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's it's their upside is pretty much where Villa's upside was. I I still stand by what I said at the beginning of the season that managed and used properly. This was a team that you know a Villa team that could have finished ninth or eighth, and that's about where I see Everton finishing. Yeah, exactly. Pro- probably just around the same same ceiling level, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's um, it's, so, it's just frustrating though, really, more than anything. Yep, absolutely. So. Two matches in a row that Villa might actually have to go against someone that saved and snubbed them uh, last year, coming back from injury. If Cleverly plays, would you go and run to your betting app and put money on him scoring? Um, no, just because he doesn't really score. I mean, he he did actually get a couple for Villa, but like at the end of the season, but including that, including against Everton. Yeah, the fantastical against Everton, and yeah, but. Other than that, you know, 
Yeah, it's I, it yeah, I don't really know. I just, the, the curse of the former player sort of horrifies me. Yeah, luck. Oh man, that the like you mentioned earlier, that one against Delph that went just whiskers wide. Luckily, his right foot is hot garbage because that that would have been devastating. Like if you lose the city, whatever. If you lose to the snake, oh. Uh, Take Simpson's snake banner was flipping incredible. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, just absolutely wonderful work there on that banner. Um, a plus all around. Uh, I, I don't really have much to add for Everton because, again, I'm still not really sure what to be expecting from this team since we've only seen one match under guard and now we've lost our left back. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it just worries me because of our recent history against Everton, only one win in the last nine matches against them, four, four losses, four draws. And yeah, like you said, it was yeah. in May, last May, that was the win. Yeah, um, that said, I'd be happy with the draw here, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. I think um, a point on the road uh, almost every time out against a team that you could consider to be better than, than yours is a good result. Yep, I, I would totally agree from and, there. I mean, it's, it's got to it's gotta be a confidence builder. If you can pick up a point, something to show for it, and just try to get some get that momentum going and keep it going. Because who yeah. do we have next, Watford? Yeah, and, and you know, there's a chance at three points. I believe it's Watford at home, in fact. Yeah, it, it is. It is the, and that one, that's the one we knew coming into this murderous row of a stretch. That was the one that we absolutely had to have. Yeah. Um, and I know, personally, I was thinking, well, if Sherwood doesn't win that, he's gone. Luckily, he's yeah. already gone. So we don't <laughs> have to worry about that. Made that decision when we should have. Um, so if you figure, and again, we know from past season that this isn't where we're aiming because it's probably going to be at a little bit lower, uh, but 40 points. Let's say that's Villa's goal. That's 1.25 points per match for the rest of the season. Does that strike you as totally inconceivable? Does 35 points seem like something that can happen? It does, just because if, if you look at the fixtures that we have in, in December lining up against, and I don't have them all off the top of my head, but they're against teams that Villa really should be beating. And it, all it takes is you just have to get hot at the right time, and if you can go on that stretch. Look at what Leicester did to pull themselves out of the relegation battle last year, and they've even kind of maintained that form into this year. They're much higher than they should be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's one of those things that if, if Villa can get a few wins here and there, it'll suddenly just sort of work itself out. Um, you know, it's we're on one win right now. It's easy to forget that, but or it's hard to forget that on the same hand. Uh, a few more here and there, though, and suddenly things are looking much rosier because – the teams from the Northeast are hot garbage right now. Leicester, like you said. Yeah, like, and like you were saying, Newcastle 10 points, twice as many as us. They're 17th, but you just think Villa win two in a row, Newcastle lose two in a row, we, we've jumped them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, Sunderland are horrible. Uh, Burnmouth have, you know, are not... Yeah, they're, they're fading fast. Yeah, uh, Norwich... There's six points for Villa if the past is any. I mean, it's one of those things where there's enough bad teams that I think something can happen here. Stephen Chris over on Villa Review again. I, this is why I try not to listen to them before we podcast. But uh, as they were pointing out, you know, it's not going to be as bad as last year, where half the league could have possibly dropped. But there's 
five or six or seven teams that are definitely in danger of dropping. So we only need to be better than three. Exactly, yeah. You just have to be the, the shiniest turd, I guess. <laughs> can that the, be the... Uh, the, uh, the, the America, American uh, politics. Yeah, uh, can that be the name of the 2015-16 uh, highlights DVD, the shiniest turd? <laughs> yep, get it at the club shop. It's just but only if, we, only if we finish 17th. Yeah, so 17th. Yeah. 17th uh, or bust. <laughs> That's that's our great goal anymore. Um, I don't know. I yeah, think things are if if we finish there from yeah. this point, you know. Yep, absolutely. And and I think we've got the right manager and the kind of person who could actually build something here. Um. So God only knows. I hope we can actually make something out of this. Yeah. So I mean. I think oh, you've just got a Twitter question. Tyler oh, Fisher wants to know if you're going to oversleep again and not make it to the bar. I assume that's directed at you. Yeah, it is because uh, I actually um, slept in and missed the first half of the Manchester City match um, when it was live. I went back and watched it, but woke up woke up at uh, what was it eight thirty because it was on at seven thirty. I was like, I'm going to get up at six and go to the bar, and I didn't. But <laughs> don't worry, I'll, I'll be there this week. All right, that's good to know. Oh, uh, we, we need a man in the uh, Chicago Villains there. Is that the Chicago Villains bar? Yeah, it is. Nice. Cool. Send our love. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a good time. But um, I, th I think that's all we got anyways. Um, not not going to do a prediction, I guess. Nope. But um, remember, we're still on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. So if, if you have left, left us a review, thank you very much for that. And, and the Google Play Store? Yep, we are on Google Play. Uh, I, I assume so. We, we were accepted two and a half weeks ago, so we better be on there by now. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to hope, I guess. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, the match is Saturday and 3, 3 GMT, 10 Eastern. So remember, we'll, we'll have all the... All the coverage for you at 7500tohold.com, of course. Are you going to be on Twitter, Robert? I believe this will be me on Twitter this time. And then, yeah, because we're trying to alternate me, someone, me, someone, me, someone. So, yeah, I think this will be my weekend on Twitter. All right. So, yeah, you'll get to, get to see Robert's tweets. Remember, go back and read what James tweeted <laughs> earlier today because it's fantastic. <laughs> it'll, it'll make your day better, I promise. It definitely will. So till next time for Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey. Thanks for listening to the whole cast.